the unlucky frog gaming podcast you are joined by your usual hosts here uh t money himself tom mannering and and, and me josh hartley tom, t money you, you can't see you can't see this but the hey, the other the other thought i had was it was either t money or t daddy and i think yeah. you would rather t money i'm okay with t money in that circumstance yeah uh, so yes, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. How how are we doing this week, Tom? I'm doing good, mate. I'm doing good. How are you doing? No, right. no. How how are you? <laughs> Not how are you doing? How are you doing? Uh, no one asks me that. Um, yeah, I'm all right. though. No, I'm all right. Uh, fairly uneventful week. I'm like uh, I've I've got like I'm working Monday next week, and then I've got the rest of uh, the time off for. Because it might be my birthday, um, so um, what? Just, no, yeah, lies. If anyone wants to send me a birthday card, <laughs> they can... just give your address. I'm not, not going to give out my address. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Give your address out. <laughs> I'm not giving my address out. No, that's a, that's a bad idea. Um, anyway, we do have a few things to have a chat about. Uh, There's a bit of GW news with regards to releases. Um, ben suggested that we have a chat about uh, the Queen's Gambit, and apparently it has uh, driven a lot of new interest in the game of chess, which is cool. However, Tom, it's weird dream time. Oh, what you didn't warn me about this before. I didn't you warn you. Thought. No, I wanted your raw reaction to this. God. I had a dream the other night. Okay. So, I am in my kitchen, minding my own business. And I hear... I'm, I'm washing the dishes or something like that. And I hear, at the kitchen door, Ben saying... I didn't want to do this. I'm like what? And then he tries to garrot me with, like specifically, and I don't know how we would have it because I was at the sink washing the dishes, but he was garroting me with like the um, the the chain for the plug in the kitchen sink, right? Okay. And anyway, we struggled for a bit, and I managed to get off him. I like, whoa, what the hell? What the hell? And he's like, oh, look, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Tom paid me to do it. <laughs> So, flash forward in the dream, I, I confront you about this, and uh, I'm just like Tom. Like Ben said, you gave that you gave him money to kill me. What the hell? And your reaction was, and I'm going to try and uh, try and mimic this as best as possible. Ha! Oh yeah, that. <laughs> and I wake up. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Josh, I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to <laughs> break this to you too harshly, but that wasn't a dream. Oh, <laughs> the drugs worked. <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird. Like, I'm not sure what that says. If that says more about you or or your opinion of bed or me or uh, I don't know. Like, um, I I am like the older I get, the more I think dreams mean absolutely nothing. Because like I've been I've been a bloody dog walking grannies around Asda 
I've been getting like assassinated by one of my best pals. It's like I, none of it, and, and, and others that I will not disclose on a podcast. None of it makes sense. <laughs> none of it makes sense. Yeah, listeners, this is the stuff I'm willing to share. <laughs> so, you know, um, I don't. Do you remember many of your dreams? I do, yeah. I have. Um, it's a bit of a curse, actually, having a quite a creative imagination when it comes to dreaming because I do have some pretty, pretty messed up dreams. Mm. Um, I don't really remember them in quite the same narrative fashion that you seem to. You seem to get more of a cohesive storyline than I do, whereas I get more like Saturday Night Live sketches of horror oh, wow. and eroticism sort of woven together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound bad. <laughs> the horror is not great. Like, I've had some truly, like, why was that in my head? Like, levels yeah. of horror, you know, where I'm like, well, that's a dark corner of my mind I never wish to revisit. Um, but no, I don't get the full the full story that you do. I've had one or two, um, but I'm not going to disclose them on a podcast. I will, uh, yeah, I will say this. I, I, the reason why I've shared, like, whenever I share a dream on the podcast... It's because it's been very vivid and very distinct and there has been like quite a cohesive narrative to it as, as random as sometimes they are. Um, but uh, most of the time it is just kind of like, what the hell? I mean, I don't... Uh, people people have never really figured out what what are dreams? What, what are they for? Like, what what's going on there? Like, why do we have them? I, I don't think they have, like, a reason. I'm not one of these people that, you know, believes you can read dreams or anything like that. And, and if you do believe that, that's fine. But it's it's not something I go in for. But I think there's something to them. Like, I think subconsciously we, we try and reconcile things. And I think some of that probably gets messed into into your dreaming, dreaming world. Your dreamscape, if you will, mm. uh, to give it its narrative name. Um, but, yeah... I, I don't know. I think there's a level of nonsense and there's a level of maybe a little bit more to them. Do you know who I'm really jealous of? Is people who can uh, lucid dream. I that, I that sounds awesome. I don't know if I buy into that like a lot. Like <laughs> well, that's a lot of people. Like, yeah, I lucid dream. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> those are the same people that like when someone blows a silent whistle and goes, "This is really high pitch." Like yeah, I hear it. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's me. Are the same people who liked X band before they were cool. Yeah, like. <laughs> like, I've had I've had dreams where I felt like I could control it more, but mm-hmm. I think that's just because in the dream I maybe did the kind of things that I would have done. So it felt okay, like a, it was an illusion of choice, if you will, rather than sure an actual choice. Um, that's probably what lucid dreaming actually is. I've never, I've never connected those dots until you've just said it. Then that's definitely what it is. <laughs> like, there you go, solved it. There we are. Another one Mystery down. Mystery solved, myth busted. Um, so yeah, uh, tune in at some point in the uh, unknown future for more weird dreams that Josh has. Uh, back to your regularly scheduled uh, tabletop gaming podcast. So um, news wise. Um, as of today, the the recording today of the uh, of Friday the fourth of December, GW have announced that the Death Guard release for this that was initially planned for December is now getting pushed back to January. 
Uh, I am I'm very disappointed, uh, and it's not long to wait. The thing is, I have a lot of time off over December, and Ben and I were planning on starting to do some Crusade games, and we can still do Crusade games. The the difference is you get so much rules for that in your codex. So he'll have a ton of rules because he's got a Space Marine faction and I won't. So we were kind of holding out for, for my codex to come out. <laughs> so there is I mean, there I, is genuine sadness on your face right now. Like there is like you look borderline grief stricken. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, I'm just gonna have to play 40k with normal rules now. It's gonna be, uh, <laughs> like, um, it's it, it, it's fine. And the reason they stated on their article was um, logistical complications related to COVID. Now, if I remember correctly, all of their books are not. Unlike the mini- the miniatures are all produced in house, but the books are not. The books are printed, I think, in Poland. If I, re- yeah, if I they're, remember, yeah, they're certainly right. overseas. Uh, I know that much. I can't remember yeah. exactly where though. So I suspect that that is the reason um, as to why it's been delayed. But a bit of a disappointment. But I am going to be getting the Blood Angels supplement uh, hopefully in the post tomorrow because I pre-ordered it. Uh, so looking forward to that, and um, as Tom already knows, because uh, I, sh- I shared this with him earlier in the week, I have uh, might have succumbed and bought one of the boxes of Indomitus that's been re-released. So, yeah. yep, I did That'll know that. Keep me busy. That'll keep me busy. You took very little persuasion in uh, in making that decision. I really didn't need any persuasion. Basically, I sent the message to like Ben and Tom. Be- they both responded with the same gif of Emperor Palpatine just saying, do it. Uh, ben actually had a range of do it gifs, including uh, Shia uh, LaBeouf, which was the most persuasive of the lot, I think. Really? But, uh, Not Palpatine? I think I, I think I fear Shia LaBeouf more than Palpatine. Ah, it's not about fear though; it's about general gravitas. Like Palpatine has a a way about him that LaBeouf is never going to compare to. That's a sentence I never thought I'd say. But here's the thing: like LaBeouf is a real person. Is like, it? He could... <laughs> New conspiracy theory: Shia LaBeouf doesn't exist. He's a figment of our imaginations. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen him in person? Ah. <laughs> uh, well, but this is it. Like, and I, I he, he could, in theory, like uh, knock on my door tomorrow and kick my ass for not following his advice and buying Indomitus. So, but he won't now because you did. I did, I did, and uh, so so I get obviously it's in two halves. You get a Necron half and a Space Marine half. I'm going to save the Space Marine half for Ben to paint up as um, Blood Angels. And uh, I'm gonna have a crack at painting the Necrons myself, but my my bargain with myself for buying this is that I have to finish my miniatures for Blood Rage. So my week off next week, that's gonna be my project. Get that finished, so I can I can have Indomitus guilt free. I mean, apart from the the financial cost of it, I can have it guilt free. I mean, painting Necrons for yourself is a is a pretty easy out. Like there, there are a lot of dry brushing, if memory serves. 
I, yeah, so um, I actually looked up, it is uh, Tabletop Minions on YouTube. I'm probably going to have to edit that when I realise I've named the wrong channel. I'm pretty sure it's Tabletop Minions who has, he had a posted a guide to painting Necrons and it actually looks pretty straightforward. Prime and black, dry brush silver onto them with and use like a cheap makeup brush to do that so you get a lot of coverage. Um, and depending on which uh, dynasty of Necrons you have, you can paint contrast paint over the silver and it will look like a metallic version of that colour because uh, they're not enti- contrasts not entirely opaque. Yeah. So the the silverness, the silverness, like you know what I mean. The metallic, the metallic effect will uh, still come through. That's cool. So, That's good. Yeah. A little bit of painting tips from Josh there. You don't get those often. You don't get those often uh, at all, to be honest, and for good reason. I'm I'm not a bad painter, but I'm not amazing, and I'm not what like. Unlike Ben, who absolutely loves the process, I um, it feels more like a chore for me than something I actually enjoy. I enjoy the end product, mm-hmm. like the, but the getting there, I, I I don't find anything like cathartic about it. I I have a really weird relationship with painting because I really enjoy it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near as as good as as most people I know, um, but I really really enjoy painting models. My issue with it is I hate how long it takes. Like, I, yeah, like it just it's it's one of these things. That, see if I could do it for like half an hour, and and you know have a finished model at the end of it, I'd be so happy. You know that'd be awesome. But it takes me like hours, literally two three hours to do one model to a very basic standard, because I'm very slow and I'm very. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, even though mm-hmm. my painting is by no means perfect, um, which is causes issues because I have to go back over things quite a lot uh, when I go outside the lines, uh, mm. as I like to, to view it. So, yeah, it, I have a very conflicted relationship with painting. So I know exactly where you're coming from. I um, so there's a couple of things. Your painting's de- decent. Like you're, you're not at like Ben's level, but like not many people are. Um, but uh, no, you're, I've, I've seen your armies. They look decent. Uh, but um, here's the thing with like painting as well. Like the the thing I find frustrating is that your model will look like dog shit for like eighty percent, ninety percent of the process, and it's only towards the end where it's like, oh, this actually looks uh, like the thing it's supposed to look like. I think yeah, it's it's not the kind of task where you really see a reward you know at any stage before the end um which should be quite disheartening especially if you're doing a big project you know like a a big miniature or a big piece of terrain or even like a big unit as well you know you i hate batch painting but you have to do it with some bigger units and it can just be so destroying to spend hours and hours painting brown pants on someone and at the end of 10 hours work or you have a 30 cultist wearing shitty brown pants and you just want to throw yourself <laughs> out the nearest window. Uh, I know I do it every week, but uh, another shout out to Ben and Ashen Holdar. Uh, oh, he has launched... No, no, right. He has launched his Patreon today. Okay, okay. That's fine. So uh, he... What he's doing is he, um, he's doing like tutorials on Patreon. It's three pound a month, 
three pound a month plus VAT, so three sixty a month. The slant he's taking is that he is going through the full process of planning, and uh, the process of finding what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Nemo. Not Nemo. Thank you, Tom. Uh, there goes my train of thought now. Uh, <laughs> it's not hard to do. It's uh, the, the process of finding like um, source material for putting your colors together. So okay. the first the first tutorial that's up, he's painting the I forget the name. It's is it the Corvus um, the Corvus Cabal from Warcry, the bird the bird people. Uh, and he talks about um, getting inspiration from uh, kookaburras for get uh, for getting the right sort of color palette for them, uh, and how he goes about that, and the, like all the planning that goes into it. So we'll put a link to uh, Ashenhold Arts Facebook page and their Patreon page. So if you uh, if that's something you're interested in, uh, make your way over there and uh, uh, and check it out. So he's got a, a Facebook competition as well at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I tagged you in it. <laughs> that's, uh, um, it's basically go to the post. You need to like his page, um, make a comment under the post, commenting on what mini you would want him to paint and tag one of your pals in it. And the winner will get said mini painted. It is a character mini, so don't go like, posting like a warlord titan or like something like that i mean you could try he won't do it like but you could you could try but don't um, <laughs> but don't don't be a dick right. so yeah, cool. check it out we'll 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 link all of that in the show notes below so uh as ben suggested there's been some stats come out about the queen's uh, the queen's gambit and it's uh impact on uh it's it's impact on a renewed interest in chess uh i'm gonna look these said stats up now but i haven't watched the show yet but you have i've started watching it yeah um so uh it's basically uh it's, it's sort of a drama um in that it is a Bio drama. biographical as well isn't it this is based on fact is it i didn't actually know that i know it's based on a book um i didn't realize the book was factual um, okay i'm i may need to cut this bit out after <laughs> i do some googling i, I think i think I, it's bad that you don't cut this out and no, your ignorance shows for everyone to see <laughs> i uh, had it in my no i had it in my head that uh it is biographical okay um, this is this is a real person interesting uh, name I, don't, I don't know because i haven't watched the show yet <laughs> so yeah, I, I honestly do not know uh, if it is if it's biographical. I know it's based on a book, um, mm -hmm. quite an old book as well, um, and has obviously, due to the the Netflix uh, popularity, has caused a resurgence in both interest in the book, uh, much like happened with Game of Thrones, um, and also a surge in interest in chess, which is no bad thing uh, by any stretch of the imagination because chess is awesome and everyone should yes. play. I uh, I I have a, like a passing interest. I'll, I'll I'll pick it up for a bit. And I used to um, live with one of my buddies, Jason, and we would play quite often. Like he would have a chess set in the kitchen, and we would play often. My tactic was uh, suggest that we'd have drinks while we were doing it, and then it just got messy. 
So, uh, when I was at university, we had a chessboard that was shot glasses on it, yeah. um, which was it, it's just a you know, you, you circle the drain on that because as soon as you start losing, you start hammering shots, you're you're game over, you know, there's no way you're, you're gonna recover from that when you've uh, you've started hammering down shots of, of whatever, be it vodka or or something else, um, that's gonna hit pretty hard. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of chess. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't play it much these days, but I do like it. I didn't realize, like, uh, but you were saying in our group chat, you you used to be like a local champion, right? I was, yeah. Um, when I was when I was wee, uh, mm-hmm. when I was about eight or nine until I was about twelve or thirteen, I think. Uh, in primary school, at the tail end of primary school, I played competitively. Um, and I was the, one of the top two in my school. Uh, and then we got entered into the local championships and the two of us that were from the top two of my school as well also did really well in those. Um, and it was a guy, there was a guy called Christopher was the other guy in my school. I, I still mm-hmm. remember him like vividly because we were, we were sort of frenemies. Yeah, we, we <laughs> like we were we were really pally until we had to play each other at chess and then it just all went out the window and we were nice. always competing for for who was going to be you know the the best in chess at the school mm-hmm. which is a a weird thing to go for um he was always just better than me like just mm. marginal he was the one person i couldn't quite uh get one over on all the time and then i went to secondary school uh and quite a funny thing happened at secondary school because uh we had a, a sort of league in the school as well mm-hmm. and the way it worked it was a ladder league and you could only play the person directly above you in the ladder or one one above one above them and if you beat the person above you you'd move into their place if you beat the person two people above you you'd jump up basically yeah. you'd, you'd leapfrog people and i joined it and i worked my way up the ladder quite mm-hmm. quickly and the guy at the top would not play me he would find excuse Coward. after excuse after excuse Coward. to not play me um you know he'd, he'd, he'd just not be feeling well that because i think we played at lunchtime he'd not be feeling well that lunchtime you know or he'd have or he'd already arranged a game against the person who was was two under underneath him and all this that and the other and i was like come on man uh so i never got to the top because the top guy refused to play me um for pretty much two years until i until i finished up at school um and then i kind of stopped playing i do have a chess set uh it's behind Mm. me right now um and i will break it out every now and then uh when the mood takes me i I was i was just so Listeners, uh, Tom and I are, have webcam as well. There we go. He's 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 got his chess set out for me. Just my chess set out. <laughs> yes, just the chess set. No um, pieces. <laughs> I, I I I too have a chess set, and uh, I should play more. It's a really good game. Like, I, and it how like God, how old do people reckon it is now? Like, the, there's there's been versions of it, like predating uh, medieval times but i think it's like the rules that we know now are probably from the medieval period at some point so they they estimate that chess is about 1500 years old Um, yeah uh and i mean there's there's sort of antique uh or uh, i suppose 
you'd almost call them uh, archaeological um, chess pieces that have been have been uncovered uh, throughout uh, history. Um, there, there was apparently kind of a, a predecessor to it um, in India, uh, and then it spread out from there. Uh, oh, there, there are a couple because there's the Viking one as well that has a name that I just cannot pronounce. I, I, I try. I try, but I have no idea how to say. There's too many consonants, like all together, like, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it, imagine if people were still playing like Magic: The Gathering in like fifteen hundred years time. How much would the game have changed? Imagine the blow like, by that point. You know, just the sheer rules. Well, jeez. Oh yeah. I mean. Uh, so I've got the I've got the stats in front of me now. Finally, <laughs> okay, so, hit, hit us with the stats, Josh. So October twenty third, twenty twenty, is when the Queen's Gambit deb- uh, debuted, 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 debuted on Netflix. So to date, sixty two million households have watched the show. That's insane. It is, but it's also not when you find out how Netflix pulled that stat. Oh, because okay. Because in order to get that stat, they have to have watched two minutes of the show. So that could include anyone that accidentally clicks on it and doesn't click off it within two minutes. It also, and this is where they get you, it also includes anyone who's watched the preview for it. Okay, that's cheating. Mm-hmm. Like the two minutes thing, it's kind of like a, Oh, all right. I mean, like, clearly people were interested enough. I can't imagine, like, the number of people who click off a show after two minutes is, like, that. I, I can't imagine that's significantly different. Mm. The preview's cheating, though. <laughs> okay, yeah. so still, still... Still a high number. A lot of people, a mm-hmm. lot of people have watched it. Uh, inquiries for chess sets are up 250% on eBay. Google search queries for how to play chess has hit an all-time high in nine years. What happened nine years ago? <laughs> like, well, that was the see, uh, the big chess boom of uh, yeah, 2011, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, whenever I read a stat like that, it's like highest in however many years. Like, the first thing I always think is like, what on earth happened then? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What caused that one? There'll be there'll have been some random like media thing then that will happen. There'll have been some either big event in chess or someone famous might have died or you know there'll be something like that or being a similar sort of TV show type thing. Yeah, uh, the original novel, The Queen's Gambit. They're calling it a novel, which now makes me think it is fiction. Uh, is now a New York Times bestseller. 37 years after its release. It's the, the gradual set of regret on your face. Yeah, you I, 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 well, I have to leave this in now. It's <laughs> like the realisation that this is fiction. And the number of new ch- uh, of new players on chess.com is multiplied by five times. So it's, so. Uh, it's a good point to discuss uh, how things like Netflix and media have this impact on board games and role-playing mm-hmm. games and, and the general sort of community that we're part of. Um, and I mentioned to you before we recorded that a uh, similar thing happened with Stranger Things with uh, D&D. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a surge in D&D interest off the back of Stranger Things as well. It is really good to see people taking an interest in chess off the back of a relatively dark show about chess, to be fair. 
uh, in context. Oh, right. So, well, because this is it. I'm never, I haven't watched it at all, so, like, is it is it one of the sort of Netflix dramedies, a bit like Orange is the New Black, or like, is it... A little bit, yeah. serious, right. It's, it's a bit more serious, I would say, than probably Orange is the New Black. Um, basically, the, the premise, without giving too much away, because I don't want to spoil it for anyone that wants to go and watch it, it's about this young girl, uh, has quite a tragic backstory, mm-hmm. um, gets interested in chess, and she's a bit of a prodigy. Um, does really really well, and it's all about her journey into the um, the professional chess leagues, I suppose you would call it, um, and the the challenges she faces mm-hmm. both as a, as being a, a young woman going into what was at the time uh, at the time of this show is a, a very male dominated uh, scene, um, and certainly portrayed I mean, as that. Like, I'm I'm sure it still is right, but less so. Yeah, I mean, I I remember when I did it, when I was involved in in even the you know the low rungs of local chess championships that I did, you would see probably four or five guys for every every lass that yeah. was in it. Probably, um, I don't really, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just something that they they push on on men more than women because I've. I've come across my fair share of truly, truly dominating women in chess. Uh, in chess, Josh. I wasn't um, doing anything. <laughs> Listeners, I wasn't even pulling a face. It's in like, it's the sparkle in his eye. You can't see it, but yeah, I can. Like, um, well, oh, 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 I've got ammunition. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like it's interesting to see but it's a good like if if you like dramas um and if you're you're interested in chested eh? in, interested in uh, that was an accident don't roll your eyes at me uh if you're interested in uh, in getting involved in uh, in chess it's a good show to watch and i do suggest playing chess it's a it's a fun game yeah as a, a complete side note just off you the back of you saying that i remember having a a, a, a I was on a, a video call with one of my managers like, a while back. We're talking about working from home in general. I was saying, yeah, the video call thing is is good, though. I need to remember I can't roll my eyes as much as I normally do on, like, these video, like, these telephone conferences because people can see me doing that, so. Yep. Yeah, I've been there, buddy. I feel you. 100% on that one. Aside from that, the other thing we were going to discuss moving away from, from Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, which is difficult to do in the, the current climate, uh, is I've pre-ordered uh, a new computer game today. We're not going to talk about oh, a computer yes. game. Uh, so I pre-ordered Cyberpunk 2077, uh, which is a highly anticipated uh, computer game. Yes, uh, the new uh, Keanu Reeves uh, simulator. It's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Keanu. It's not. It's not that at all. Uh, he, he features in the promotional material. It does. There. Yeah. So um, this this is made by the same guys who make The Witcher, uh, mm-hmm. CD Projekt uh, Red. They they were called. I don't know if they've dropped that off now. Uh, but um, they had Ke- Keanu Reeves in the uh, one of the release trailers. I think he plays a character in the game as well. Uh, which cool. is going to be cool. Um, the reason why I wanted to bring this up isn't because I've pre-ordered the computer game, although it does tangentially relate to it, but it's a a computer game reimagining of a role-playing game. 
much loved role playing game as much well. Cyberpunk game. is like it's an OG one. Like it, it, it dates as far back as almost as far back as Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu. So yeah, it's um, it's got truly, truly uh, old school roots. The original Cyberpunk was. Um, I don't know if it was the original, but certainly the the first one I was introduced to uh, came out in 1990. Uh, it did have an edition before that from 1988. Uh, but in 1990, mm-hmm. uh, the first one I ever played was Cyberpunk 2020, which would have been this year. Oh, which is wow. Super weird to think about. We need to. We, sh- we should have run it. Was everyone in quarantine in it? it like, no. It would- <laughs> no, they were. They were just kind of dressed in a lot of leather. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh and there was a lot of neon um but yeah it's a it's not a great system i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna pretend that it's something that it isn't like the system i always found a little bit clunky and some bits of it that that can get really kind of dull um what like what what, was it just like overly unnecessary detail it was just a just a symptom of of sort of late nine late eighties early nineties role playing games. To be honest, they, mm-hmm. they 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 were never quite sure what they wanted to be yet. They hadn't quite found the sweet spots that we were getting much closer to these days with role playing yeah. games. Not to say there's not some true nightmare fodder out there, um, but it, I always just found it a little bit clumsy, a little bit clunky in places. It, it wasn't quite smooth, but it had some really interesting mechanics in it. Mm-hmm. Um, like all about like how you you start to lose your humanity when you start to add more and more cybernetic enhancements, um, and people start to go crazy because of it. Uh, it has something called cyber psychosis, I think it was called, if I'm if I'm remembering rightly. Right. Um, where basically, if you lose too much humanity through augments, you just go mental and just wow. cut people up and okay. stuff. Um, it had some really interesting um setting stuff as well this idea of like which is scarily quite close to where we are now big corporations sort of controlling a lot of the world um and everything i know right and everything kind of being dictated by them rather than by any kind of democracy or or government (laughs) i know it's crazy um but then it had some really like not so good bits like it had it had net running which was kind of like hacking Mm-hmm. Um, which you could basically play a character who was a net runner, and your job would be like, oh, we need to like hack into this corporate building. Uh, mm-hmm. That's your job because you're the net runner. So the net runner comes up, and rather than like how in a game we might play, it'd be like make a computers check, and then you get in. The net runner would actually have an entire mini game that oh they had God, to play no. that represented them like almost like kind of porting into the the internet as it was so so here's the thing it sounds cool except like in practice what happens is and like uh, i played a psyker in pathfinder and we never really used the special things that psychers do for a similar reason basically what this mechanic means is that you and the gm play a game while everyone else just waits like and that's exactly and right. everyone's un- everyone else is unengaged with it and they're listening to you do your thing mm-hmm. which yeah. and that's exactly what happened with net running that was if you hit the nail on the head there it was you and the gm maybe another player if you had a couple of net runners for some obscure reason um who would you know just play out this sort of mini game 
Uh, I I did know some people that quite liked the net running side of things, but I just I just wasn't a fan. It, it was one of the things that kind of I think I actually played a net runner the first time I ever played it, and I was like, this is garbage this is boring i don't want to do that well i think i think the way that you would make the idea work is that lit like everyone does it to some degree but some people are just much better than others just simplify it just make it a skill yeah. challenge like you know I... <laughs> just just do that no but like if if, if the designer was like hellbent on having this like little mini game mm. thing have everyone participate in it yeah you know like you're doing sort of space combat in uh Space based Star games. Wars. Yeah, to the best of your ability anyway. So yeah, that was um that was Cyberpunk twenty twenty. So I just thought that was a nice little opportunity to to cast our mind back to a, an older system. They have done some newer systems. Uh so they are they brought out this year uh a new edition called Cyberpunk Red, uh which I believe is set in twenty forty or twenty fifty off the okay. top of my head. So they've kind of moved the timeline forward a bit. So 27.7 has been heavily involved with the people behind the role-playing game, and they've had their sort of uh, expertise, which is really, really nice. Um, but yeah, uh, there you go. There's a little bit of trivia about Cyberpunk and its relationship to the new game. I know so many people excited for that game, and I think I'm going to lose a lot of contact with friends. <laughs> yeah, Tom is pointing at himself. Uh, as, as we're talking about this um so yeah if if, if uh, uh obviously if you're into that if you're into that you're getting it like everyone knows about it so you people are already buying it so i don't need to instruct you to go and do that we're not here <laughs> to promote computer games go buy a yes. board game you savage <laughs> yes you uh, yeah. <laughs> no it's all good it's all good we're all nerds here so uh and on that little note uh, I think I think that's all we've got time for. We're we're probably stretching. We we had a recording mishap halfway through this episode, so it's a bit Shh. hard. Sorry, don't, damn it! Don't and tell we, them what's going on behind the curtain. They'll never know. I would we would have got away with it too if it wasn't for my meddling mouth. Um, right. <laughs> on that, Josh's on meddling that note, mouth. <laughs> oh, God. What was that? End the episode. End the End episode. The episode. Bye, guys! Bye! <laughs> Bye! <laughs>